2: Hello, I'm Lee Campbell. I am Tegan Natoli, and this is this glorious mess—the mothers' group in your ears, where judgment is left at the door while you grabbing oh, your bits. Speaking of mothers, my ovulating, my ovulationals are really hurting today. Yeah. After childbirth, my ovulation pain got really yeah, worse. Yeah, I feel
3: like I never really felt it, but now I feel like, I'm like trying Whoa. to fall
2: pregnant. I was like, "Am I ovulating?" And now my body's like, "You are ovulating." Yeah, you know, when
3: you try to fall pregnant, you're like, "I need to pee on a stick to know if I'm ovulating." I'm like going to the toilet, going, "Oh my ovaries!" Yeah, welcome
2: to being a woman. Today yes. we are talking about something a little bit more serious. We're going to talk about postnatal depression with some new facts that may surprise you. They definitely surprised me and made me look at the whole postpartum journey completely oh my differently. Gosh.
3: They actually made a lot more sense to my postpartum journey too because I was like, oh, that's why. But, of course, we will also be sharing our Nails and Fails of the Week.
2: So, today we're getting a little bit serious and discussing something that many of us experience postnatal depression. I was diagnosed at seven weeks postpartum, and that diagnosis I think changed my life, maybe saved my life. But there is new research that's come to light that reveals that postnatal depression is more likely to occur four years after childbirth than at any other point in the first 12 months. Wow, more likely. More likely. Oh my god. So this was actually sent to me from a girlfriend, her name's Alex, and she, when she's not on maternity leave, she does a lot of content for a baby store and resource Motherhood. called the Memo. Yeah. yeah. And her little boy had just turned four and she just had a little girl. So I'm assuming she was Googling for the little girl. <laughs> Finding out, you know, am I okay or is this normal? I can't remember. And then she's gone, hang on, my son's four. This
3: is the other one.
2: Yes. <laughs> so the women who were tested in this research that was then published were asked about their mental health at three, six, 12 and 18 months postpartum, and then four years postpartum. The research showed that the women with four-year-olds reported crying a lot, feeling (laughs) exhausted, irritable, hopeless, anxious, and bleak about life. Are we sure that's just not having a four-year-old? Almost one in three women reported depressive symptoms at least once in the first four years after birth. Women with one child, only one child when their child is four, four years postpartum, were more likely to report Depressive symptoms at this time compared with women with subsequent children. Really interesting.
3: I did wonder, you know, is the four years, do they consider having, you know, subsequent children? Yeah, because I guess
2: then you're you're like, oh, is it this one or or is it that one? one? Yes, exactly. But it's
3: interesting that they do point out the with one child.
2: Most research focuses obviously on the need for support within the first 12 months, which is obviously incredibly important. But it is now obvious that there needs to be some sort of scaling up of the current services. And for maternal mental health to cover the early years of parenting too. And it's so important to note that fathers are not immune. One study found that in the first 12 years of a child's life, 39% of mothers and 21% of fathers would experience some form of depression. (sighs) I want to take you back. So the girls are five and a bit now. Remember when you kind of had to come to Jesus, come to the light moment where you were like, I can't keep doing this? And yeah, the kids I, were roughly four. Yeah,
3: I think all you guys were a part of that. Yes. <laughs> it was like sometime last year and the I'm like, were what around. am I doing? I personally wouldn't label it as a form of postnatal depression. Yeah, but like you weren't diagnosed. No, no, no. And even reflecting back, I don't think that's what it was. However, I can certainly recognize that it took that amount of time for all those symptoms that I was feeling in that stage, which was overwhelm. It was exhaustion. Yeah. It was postnatal depletion. Yeah, exactly. It was just finally all my adrenaline had run out and I was like basically just laying on a floor <laughs> in a puddle. That's how I felt. And it's funny that it took, four years for me to feel that Mm. like most people would be like oh my god three babies in one year you must be exhausted then I'm like oh no I'm fine I've got Mm. this and that's how I did it for four years yeah you know what I mean and And then you just
2: ran out of steam
3: all of a sudden I'm like holy crap this is exhausting yeah I remember I said to you I'm like I can't do all of this you
2: started booking in for acupuncture you went to that like she was reflexology but she did more yes jazz that's very unlike you to carve out like Health stuff.
3: You know what it was? It was just taking time for me Mm. and my well being. And for five years running on adrenaline, I had not thought about what I ate. I had not Mm. thought about what time I was giving myself, my mind, my body. I had not thought about me for a second. I hadn't even had a minute to even reflect. Am I okay? Yeah. And I think I spent a weekend away with a girlfriend who's very into like self-care, self-help. Mm. And it was that weekend away that made me go, oh my God, like, and she has two kids yeah. and she's got a husband and mm. he runs a business. And I was like, wow, you're really good. And I, like, I started perceiving her as really good or mm. like, oh, you're almost lucky that she- you can carve out time to look she, after yeah, yourself. And yeah. then I kind of was in awe of that. And I came back and I'm like, what am I doing? I'm like digging my own grave here. Yeah. Like I can't go on like this. Yeah, and you created a rod for your the back. The second I kind of re- framed all that and said you know what once a fortnight I'll go get acupuncture and it means I'm lying down for an hour (laughs) like I haven't done that for five years what a treat
2: but it makes so much sense because to be a good parent it's helpful to have good mental health and so keeping in touch with how you feel or considering this if you do have a three or four year old five year old it's so important for me I went to my psychiatrist at seven weeks postpartum and had seen him sporadically throughout my journey but I see him fortnightly now since almost the start of this year and so finding this research I reflected back on it. And I have a lot of things to deal with, you know, my father's passing and some other things. But I don't have family close by. Richest families in Melbourne. Mine are kind of an hour and a half out of Sydney. No one can just no support, pop over and quit, yeah. can't, like you do for me, like, quick, I've got to go to the doctor or whatever. But also, it's the oftentimes you go back to work, and even if you don't do paid work, parenting is. The most grueling job, unpaid. But I think, yeah, you run out of steam, and maybe I don't know. It makes sense to me.
3: But I feel like for you, because you've had such a history, like you're really self-aware in terms Mm. of anxiety, in terms of you know how you're emotionally feeling. You've had uh, been diagnosed since I was six, exactly. So that's what I mean. So I feel like for you, you're really great in identifying where your emotions are at. Mm. But that leads me to the point that postnatal depression. Can look so different for everyone. So, you know, for example, I've never dealt with depression or anxiety and things like that. And I wouldn't even know if it hit me in the face, to be honest with Mm. you, but that's what happens to so many women. Yes. And that's why it's so hard and sometimes too late for them to seek help because then it's not recognised. That's not how it looks, you know, in inverted commas.
2: And also I think social media has uh, something to answer for there because I guess if you looked at my social media, you wouldn't know that I have anxiety and depression because I don't like post me getting my script. And and then on the
3: opposite side of things, it's like, oh, well, unless you're like, you know, immobile, huddled up in fetal position on your bathroom floor, then you're not depressed. But it's
2: not right. High-functioning depression is a real thing regardless if it's postnatal or not. But uh, this also made me think that we're always postnatal. Like I think we are getting better at – Looking after the mum. But it's usually within the, you know, the first three months, four months, maybe twelve months. But yeah. it's sometimes when you're like, okay, my village is all gone. Like they're all off yes. doing their own things. And it's like sometimes it's when you need it most, particularly because, you know, at four years postpartum, you've got a little person and they are finding their place in the world. They are argumentative. They're adorable, of course. But it's kind of that waking up and going, gladiator ready. Yeah. <laughs> to like- but that,
3: and I remember I said that to you not long ago. I was like, you know, when I had three under two, I had so much help. You know, my mum would come over once a week. My mother-in-law would come over once a week. We had a nanny when we needed it. Now... No one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? like yep, other
2: people in the family have younger like, kids and exactly. Yeah, that's
3: right. It's like we've got to share ourselves around. Like it wasn't crisis mode. So because it's we're not in crisis mode anymore, like my kids yes. are obviously more independent. They can feed themselves. They can take themselves to the toilet. They yeah. sleep a lot better. There's
2: still a lot going on for yeah. mums. So I think the takeaway for this is it's really important to check on your mum friends, not just with newborns. Yeah. I think that it's important to just go, hey, are you okay? It's okay if you're not okay. Like I think referring to this research saying I just found this out, you, yeah. are you okay?
1: Yeah, you've got a
3: four-year-old.
2: How are you going? Exactly. I and feel like
3: most four-year-old mums have been like, oh, it's just having a four-year-old. Yes. Well, now
2: we're like, we can actually yeah, blame it on sadness. but science. it's okay <laughs> for it to be hard or for you to need to vent or just talk or to seek help. You know, if you are experiencing symptoms that we've talked about, it's crying a lot, feeling exhausted, irritable, hopeless, anxious, or bleak outlook at life, you can reach out to your GP. You cry a lot. I don't cry. Yeah, but I'm always a crier. Yeah. Yeah,
3: but isn't that funny? See, mm. I'm not an anxious or depressed person, but I cry a lot. Yes. But you are. And I'm exhausted I literally, and irritable. I try and make <laughs> Lee cry all the time because she, I've never seen her cry. She's been my best friend for a few years now. Yes. And I'm like, come on, she'll go. I'm so sad. I want to cry. I'm like, do, do it.
2: And then I try do and it. squeeze the tears out. But do seek out advice from your GP if you need to. I, When I went at seven weeks postpartum, I'll never forget, he did a really fantastic test that so you can also do online. It's called the Edinburgh Scale and it's for postpartum depression. And you can obviously do it at any point after That's you've had perfect. children. Yeah. And he did it and then he rang around looking for a psychiatrist and he said – I have this mother here, she's got severe postnatal depression. And I was looking behind me going, like, oh, where is, is she, that about? poor woman? And I was like, oh, that's me. But see, the only time I've
3: ever heard of that test is through you. Yeah, like, Women should know that's there. It's, yep. They should know like, oh, you know, even if they're not sure how they're feeling, well, maybe that would give me some clarity. Yeah, and the
2: fact that you can do it online in the comfort of your own home and you can call up a mate or your mum or your sister and say, hey, I think I might need a bit of help or maybe I just need a timeout. Like there's so many variations of how you can prioritize yourself and your mental health but it's so important
3: and it's really important if you do want to have a go at the edinburgh test we will put the links in the show notes and also the links to beyond blue and lifeline as well
2: absolutely and our dms are always open the mama mia family group is there if you just want a good old vent
3: yes you all loved our mental load vent so yep. jump on funnily, this funnily <laughs> that mums
2: are feeling this way and yes. dads too We reached out to our Facebook community and asked for your experiences on postnatal depression and here is what you had to share. I was diagnosed with postnatal depression after the birth of my first two sons
1: and they presented very differently in each case. After the birth of my first son, when I was first diagnosed, my symptoms were very stereotypical, very classic of depression. I was very sad, very tearful melancholy, I was lonely and isolated, I was having intrusive thoughts, whereas after my second son my symptoms presented much more as anger and rage and overwhelm. The only time that I was ever sad was when I was so angry that there was nothing left to do but burst into a fit of angry tears and I do think that that delayed my acknowledging that I was suffering from postnatal depression and I think that it delayed my accessing help because it didn't look the same. I do believe that this is a factor for lots of women that their symptoms don't present as a typical presentation of postnatal depression and they may even struggle to identify it in themselves and go longer undiagnosed and untreated and unrecognized because the symptoms can vary
4: even from pregnancy to pregnancy. I had PND with my second baby, I had two babies in 12 months with my second being a very difficult baby. His relentless crying was a trigger and I didn't know that I was struggling until I was on the other side and I was feeling much more like myself. The main symptom was crying all the time and the outbursts of rage and I'd only sort of keep it together so my 12 month old didn't notice that I was upset. I had a wonderful GP who noticed something was wrong. It was after an appointment for the baby and she said to me, I need you to come back tomorrow and by yourself. And it was there that I received my diagnosis. It was amazing to see how much you know, a difficult baby impacted my mental health. My first was very easy, chilled baby, so I didn't have any issues adjusting to life with a baby. I suppose I just didn't realise that you could have it with your second or subsequent babies without having it the first time. My mental health issues started around three months postpartum when my bub suddenly got really unsettled and clingy. I was really emotional and irritable and I had no support other than my partner. I ended up in a really dark place and that's when I reached out for a mental health plan. Six months later and I'm on medication, seeing a psychologist regularly and doing way better. It's been a long and bumpy road though. My advice would be if you have mental health history or you think you might develop postnatal depression after baby's born, pre-book yourself monthly psych sessions for each month after bub is due for at least six months. Don't assume you're in the clear after the first couple of months.
0: I realised I was sinking and I was able to say to myself that I knew I needed help, that I had postnatal depression. My OB had bent over backwards to get me a bed in the mums and bubs unit. I remember crying all the way there and through the whole intake. I felt like I failed. I failed as a mother, a wife, a patient, as a human being. I wasn't me anymore. I spent some time at the unit where, for the first time in months, I was able to sleep more than 30 minutes at a time, Medication helped clear the blurriness from my mind and I was in a space with other mums and their babies and I realised I wasn't the only one going through this. I've since shared with two friends that I have PND and was shocked to hear from both of them that both of them had also experienced it.
2: If you're struggling, please reach out to your GP. There are lots of online resources you can access to, including PANDA, which stands for Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Australia, Mind Over Mama, the Gidget Foundation, and of course, Beyond Blue and Lifeline.
1: Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere.
4: Can I
3: start with my nail? Yes. Okay, great, because it's really relevant to what we are just talking about and I think it will help support anyone that is feeling any of the things we just spoke about. So a few weeks ago you and I went up to Brisbane to be a part of the panel for what was called the Lady Legends Lunch and it was hosted by the Lady Council. And the reason I want to talk about the nail was because – it wasn't my personal nail, no. but it was just like women in general's nail. And it
2: was a fundraiser for the MARTA Hospital up there because I didn't know that in Queensland you don't get assigned like a health nurse to do your way in Correct. And like, like the mothers group isn't the same up there.
3: Yes, exactly. And so the MARTA in Queensland is basically a place that focuses on postpartum mental health up to about 12 months. Mm. So that's their main focus in those early stages of postpartum. But there were nearly 300 Brisbaneian women's, and even outside of Brisbane, yeah, people travelled a the way to come... And they were all there to support and be raw and honest and open and vulnerable, and now we're talking about it. Yes. And to see 300 women show up and, you know, just be there, be present and and be a part of the day. And talk
2: about it. Like we all talked about it, and it was just so like there was no shame. Like we obviously drank and danced and had fun, but it was just like, (laughs) hey, motherhood is hard or trying to fall pregnant is hard. Yeah. You know, womanhood is hard. Let's all just get together and help each other. It was a
3: really safe room and I just, yeah, I think that was just like womanhood's nail.
2: Yeah, I loved it. Can I ride that coattail? Because I sure. don't have any nails. I've definitely got to fail. I am trying to declutter sweet cheeses. <laughs> my child, we live in a rather small apartment and my son is about to be four and has too many toys. Mm. So I try and declutter but he comes home every night obviously, and sometimes I haven't fully packed away or done the organising. He's like, oh, my gosh, this whistle I got at a first birthday party, I need it. Oh. In 1992. Honestly, this xylophone that mummy planned on hiding. How of- about the cat piano, oh that, Auntie God, the cat piano that Auntie Teagan bought him? the cat piano that bought that uh, only uh, meows. How do people declutter with small people around? Like, do I have to take a full day don't. off work? You don't do it while they're around. Because they're there on the weekends and working during the week. What do I do? I must say I'm the
3: worst person to ask because I feel like I'm a toy hoarder for my children. I'd be like, oh, but they got that for Christmas. No,
2: I'm sorry. He has, and like bits are broken and half things. Like, oh, yeah. No, you chuckles. the Maui's crap he Maui's got out. no arm, but he wants to keep Maui. And oh, like, no. I don't even know where Moana is. Like oh. I need, is there like a child toy decluttering person? So I can take Alexander to the park because Rich can't do it. Rich is a hoarder.
3: No, you just need to drop Alexander to school. Then you do it. Okay. Got to take a day off work.
2: Because if I left it to Rich, like Rich takes stuff off council clean up off the sidewalk. He's that kind of oh, clutter up.
3: <laughs> stop it. Yes. He's like, I could
2: sell this. And I was like, Oh, you could just leave it. Oh, I'm really struggling. I am going to donate the toys. I don't mean I'm going to throw them out, but as soon as I can just have Donate more than... the non broken ones. Of yet. course.
3: Of course. <laughs> no, but you can't do it while they're there. And then what you need to do is maybe say, I've just put some away. This week we're going to play with these ones and then I'll pull well, the other that's ones out. Part
2: of the inspiration. So one of the accounts I follow on Instagram they explained how much better it is for their brain if they've only got like five toys visually to play with rather than 500. Yeah. But ours are all just in boxes yeah. in a pile because yeah. I've got no storage. And that
3: toy never plays with anything of them.
2: Well, no, he doesn't. I'm good at organisation around the house, but toys are a whole other game. Good luck with that. Thank you. Do you want to come help? No. Okay. Thanks for <laughs> listening to this glorious mess. Please get in touch. We really love hearing from you. Our email address is tgm at mamamia.com.au or you can join the parenting group we have on Facebook. It's called Mamma Mia Family. And if you like to listen to us gibber on every week, <laughs> we would love if you left us a rating or a review if you enjoy the show. Thank you so much to our wonderful community of women who sent in their postnatal depression stories. This episode was produced by Grace Ruvray and we'll see you next week. Bye.